Welcome to God's Love Revealed Podcast. I'm Ellie Caswell, along with Jeff Williamson, and I want to share with you how I went from self-punishment with no true identity to a mutual knowing with Christ and finding an eternal identity in Him. Jeff is a licensed professional counselor with a master's in marriage, family, and child therapy from Fuller Theological Seminary. He has been in practice for over 20 years and specializes in intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy. God has taught him profound spiritual dynamics which have led believers to true freedom. It's our hope to reveal the truth, life, and freedom of God's love manifested through Jesus. Psychological, emotional, and spiritual freedom is possible through the true knowing of Christ. So for today's podcast, we're going to take a look at headship and submission. This is staying with the theme of God's love revealed through Jesus Christ to understand the importance of topics in Scripture of headship and submission. It must be viewed through the lens of revealing God. What I mean specifically is that headship, Christ being the head, the bride being the body, is submissive to that head is a dynamic that reveals Christ to the church, and it also reveals the very image of God. Jesus to his bride, the last Adam to the collective Eve, Eve, the bride, is a male-female dynamic, which is in the image of God. Let us make them male and female. That's what we're going to lay out here today. So will you be making the comparison of male-female dynamics, women submitting to male, uh, will you be making that comparison to the Holy Spirit, like the God, like the Godhead? Yes, exactly. And thank you for anticipating that, because I want to be extremely clear to the listeners, okay? When we're talking about male-female dynamic, we are talking about a dynamic, like an engineering, right? You know, um, this object interacts with this object, and they together create this thing called a dynamic. We have to understand that God is a dynamic God. Let me use an example. Let's take a plug going into a socket. Now, we would say that plug is male, right? We say that plug is male, okay? And then we say the socket is female, They together, once they're one, they produce this thing called electricity. Now, are we really going to say that that plug is like literally male? Right. Okay, right. Um, I am not saying that the Holy Spirit is literally female, okay? Nor am I saying the Father God is literally male. They are spirit. So I am not saying they have physically manifested male-female bodies. I am saying that there is a dynamic of God the Father, like a plug, the Holy Spirit, like a receptive socket, His Spirit, that when they are plugged in together, create this oneness, okay? So to understand dynamics or anything that's dynamic, you have to talk about the relationship to one another. In that sense, we must understand female as it relates to male, the father. So here we want to think of uh, God, the father is a plug and the Holy Spirit is a socket. And then Jesus Christ, 
who comes into the world revealed is a plug. He is male. The bride is referred in a female terms is the socket. And we, the, we can't say that the bride is like literally female. That doesn't make sense. All right. It's an imagery. Okay. So in the same way, I'm not saying the Holy Spirit is literally female. The pronoun for the Holy Spirit is she in Hebrew. I do think that's interesting. Now, there's no inconsistency when Jesus calls the Holy Spirit he. If you bear with me a second, if Jesus is the head, okay, and he's the plug, he's the head, and the bride is a socket and female, receptive to his headship, when the head is plugged into the socket, you would call that he. And like quite literally, if the head is he, then when his body is one with him and connected to him, in that sense, it's his body. So you would say that collective head and body is defined by the uh, gender, quote, gender of the head. Hmm. Wouldn't that make sense? Right. Now, that's kind of odd, isn't it, right? We say the bride is female if we're defining it sort of separately in a way, but it is his body, which is the imagery of Adam and Eve. Adam is the head. Eve is his flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, came out of his rib. Okay, so when they're one, she is his body. Is this making sense dynamically? But you think about like the body of Christ. The body of Christ. You no, know, us collectively. Is male and female, Jew and Gentile. So submission in part is just describing a dynamic, the socket is in a submissive, receptive position to a plug. It is just a description of a dynamic. Mm -hmm. It's really important that we understand this because we will not understand the importance of Jesus's headship to the bride, and we will not understand that this is an imagery of God and the Holy Spirit. Right. Until we understand, are you saying until we understand male-female dynamics? That's right. Let us make them in our image, male and female. Mm -hmm. So why don't we go ahead and read Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and of the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You notice God says, let us make them in our image. Mm. You hear the dynamic of that? Well, who's he talking to? You know, he could not be talking to an angel. No. Because an angel is not in the image of God. Jesus has not been revealed yet. If we want to just be technical with what scripture, where we know that... In chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, we have God the Father, we have God and His Spirit. Mm -hmm. So, let us make them in our image, male and female. Plug and socket, please. We're only talking dynamically. Plug and socket. Adam and Eve, look at the anatomy of humans. Plug, socket. Does that mean that God is literally male, female in a physical sense? No, I'm not saying that. Any more than the bride is literally female. Right. We're talking about a dynamic. There is no indication that there are any female 
angels. Maybe there are, maybe there aren't. But all angels are manifested as quote male. Now, do they actually have male anatomy? I don't know, but they are in the scripture referred to, referred to as male. So are they in the image of God, male and female? No. See, it's a very unique thing. You know, we could say, well, animals are, you know, male and female, but they're obviously they're animals. They're not in the image of God. That that's no different than saying like a plug in a socket. Okay. Again, we're talking about dynamic. There is something very unique about human being male and female. And this is important because this is why I believe that Satan lost his mind and had to try to split up Adam and Eve because they are in the image of God, male and female. Mm. All right. So if you could read Genesis chapter one, verse one through two. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Spirit of God was facing over the was What is it? Hovering, hovering over the waters. That pronoun is female. So please uh, uh, read it again, and let's think. Verse 1 that Ellie's going to read, think plug. And then verse 2 think socket. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. There is a plug socket male-female teaching slash understanding or wisdom reciprocity going on here. If you could read chapter 2 verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. God breathed into Adam. He did not breathe into Eve. See, they share a breath. And the breath, by the way, is um, associated with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Chapter 1, the pronoun is God. Chapter 2, Lord God could Chapter 1 be like verse 1, and could chapter 2 be like verse 2 of Genesis? Could there be a parallel, a dynamic that's going on here? The Holy Spirit breathes, the wind breathes Mm -hmm. into Adam once. Right, the breath of life. The breath of life. Now, Eve is later taken out of Adam from the rib. She's not breathed into. They share a breath. God's Spirit... There's a scripture I can't remember. Um, no one knows God but God's spirit. Mm. Do you see the imagery of this? When I say imagery, what are we in the image of? Mm. God. Right. It can't just be, well, and it can't just be like this solo, just God. That's right. It has to be the whole that's Godhead. That's right. Yes, that's right. We read this in a previous podcast, but I want to read the entire chapter, Proverbs 8. And I really want it with a female voice. And I want you, when you listen to this listener, to be thinking, plug, socket. This is the socket speaking. Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? She standeth in the top of high places, by the way in the places of the paths. She crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city. At the coming in at the doors, unto you, O men, I call. And my voice is to the sons of man. O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools, be ye of an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak of excellent things. 
And the opening of my lips shall be right things, for my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing forward or perverse in them. They are all in plain to him that understandeth, and write to them that find knowledge. Receive my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mind and sound wisdom. I am understanding, I have strength. By me kings reign and princes decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me, ye durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, ye than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of His way, before His works of old. I was set up from everlasting from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him, as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction, and be wise, and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. Beautiful. That is the socket, in a sense, speaking and proclaiming what the plug, the father, the head, in that sense, does in relation to the socket. And their wisdom, female, says, I am understanding Now, this is really, really important. Men, listen to me. I am understanding because we're going to go to Timothy chapter 2, verse 11 through 15. And here men are to teach and women are to submissively be silent. If we don't understand that Paul here is speaking dynamically, we are going to miss the concept of what what is at play here. Just because female is in the submissive position with understanding, that's like the amen, in a sense, to the teaching of the head. It creates a reciprocity, but we should really take heed of the female voice. And we're going to go into this, and we're going to see that Paul's going to reference back to the beginning. Now, In the beginning, 
Satan, who is a fallen angel, I think is going into a tizzy because he sees that Adam and Eve, they are in the image of God, plug and socket, and is a representation of Jesus to the church. The curse on Satan is there's going to be enmity between your seed, Satan, and the woman's seed. Okay, that is not just Jesus Christ, the head, the plug. That is also the socket, the body of Christ, that the female who's in Christ is giving birth, not just to Christ, but to the body of Christ as generations go on. There's an enmity between the seed of Satan and the seed of the woman. Satan then beguiles Eve. In a sense, you could say he's playing the role of a plug. He's playing the role of this authority. Mm -hmm. He's trying to teach her, which then corrupts her understanding. We said this in a previous podcast, but she says you can't touch it or eat it. Well, that's not what God or Adam told her. He didn't, they didn't say you can't touch it. So her understanding is already off. Why is that? Because his teaching is deceptive. So the Holy Spirit is understanding, female understanding is perfect when the teaching is true. Hmm. So if you could read Timothy chapter 2, verse 11 through 15. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to absurd authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing, if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. To understand that last verse, saved in childbearing, it goes back to the curse. There's going to be enmity between your seed and her seed. She is bringing forth Jesus Christ, we know, but also the body itself, a whole new plug, a perfect Adam, the last Adam, and a new bride who is going to be his body. Okay, so there's enmity, there's war here because you know, like we know in Scripture, with Jesus being born in the world, um, all the young children were killed, right? Herod sent out a decree to kill all the young children to see if we can cut off the head. But there's also enmity against the body of Christ. It goes back to what's in the beginning of Satan railing against Adam and Eve, trying to separate them, trying to kill them, is in the same way that Satan and his brood tries to rail against Jesus Christ and the church. And here, when I say church, I mean in the collective body sense. There's an enmity here. There's a hatred here. I don't know how the, how relevant this mm-hmm. is to what you're saying mm-hmm. right now, but you're saying when there's perfect teaching, there's perfect understanding. But what if there's perfect teaching yet there isn't understanding? Is that because like the Holy Spirit isn't really active in that person? I mean, that is so perceptive. Because what did Jesus say, the head? Jesus said, I go back to the Father and I bring you the Holy Spirit who's going to bring you into all truth, is going to bring to remembrance, we'll read this passage, will bring to remembrance all the things I've said. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So if we want to think of, we'll stay with this plug socket imagery, all right? And we're going to say that the Holy Spirit is the socket, okay? The image of God, the understanding. I am understanding. Uh, Those who reject me sinneth against me. So, we can almost say, if I'm a temple, an individual temple, the socket 
is within me. It is receiving truth from Jesus Christ. So you're saying every believer should be, you know, a socket in a way. Yes. With the Holy Spirit. Yes. The receiving. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And that would be the Holy Spirit within me, uh, groaning on my behalf, receiving these truths that are just too marvelous for me. So what did uh, uh, the Holy Spirit say? Men, listen to me. No, in the teaching, the direct teaching sort of sense, like the way I'm teaching right now, okay, it's like a plug. Yours is a receptive, quiet listening of understanding. But as a therapist, I just want to share this. I truly started opening my eyes and ears by watching some females in their understanding of Jesus Christ. Truly, I watched how they understood Jesus in a way that as a male, I quite don't. I, and by humbling myself and learning from that, you know what it did? It started opening my eyes and ears to the Holy Spirit within me. Because I started seeing there's this receptivity that's uniquely female that I can learn from as a male. I can learn to listen better. I can learn to be more understanding. When we think about Jesus with women in the Gospels, look at their silent understanding. Mary uh, Magla weeps on his feet. Mary of Bethany pours perfume on his head. The woman who's hemorrhaging reaches out and touches him. Do you see these silent responses of female? I would say men, we have a lot to learn and understand that women can teach us, not in the classic sense that Paul's meaning here, Paul's meaning dynamically, but there is a lot to be learned if we understand female. And it is a pathway to understand the unique socket, the quote, female recepting, receptive aspect of the Holy Spirit. Now, we know that Satan beguiled Eve, he is a fallen angel. Half the father said, moves her away from consulting Adam and makes her lean on her own understanding and sort of whether she knows it or not, she's sort of usurping Adam because Adam is her head, you know, and uh, Satan's tricking her, half the father said. It's also what can happen in the church when we um, think that we don't need to go through our head, Jesus Christ. And I don't mean just for salvation. I mean, you know, in prayer, acknowledging him as our high priest, that we're we're doing something that is not acknowledging our head in that sense, the plug. So we could say the plug, the father is in relation to the Holy Spirit. We could say the plug, the head, Jesus Christ is in relation to the body. So you're saying like when a woman is talking or praying and she's like, thinking that she is just talking directly to God, Mm -hmm. that that's usurping Jesus? Yes. And I'm going to show this. If you would read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 through 16. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophecies with his head covered dishonors his head. But every wife who prays or prophecies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, since it is the same as if her head were shaven. 
For if a wife will not cover her head, then she should cut off her hair short. But since it is disgraceful for a wife to cut off her hair or shave her head, let her cover her head. For a man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God. But woman is the glory of man. For man was not made from woman, but woman was was made from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. That is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor man of woman. For as woman was made from man, so man is now born of woman, and all things are from God. This is a very parallel uh, passage to 1 Timothy that we read. Uh, Very similar themes. You hear how dynamically Paul is talking. Plug, socket. The socket was not made for the plug. I mean, I'm sorry, the, the plug was not made for the socket. The socket was made for the plug. So there's a headship here. But where's the verse that it says for uh, on account of the angels? That is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Because of the angels. Interesting. Or messengers, that is, people sent to observe and report. Interesting. So Satan is a fallen angel. What did he say? Half the father said, what does that usurp? Adam. Mm -hmm. It usurps the headship. So when she covers her head, it is acknowledging to angels, uh, you know, the the non-fallen angels and the fallen angels, it is acknowledging that I am protected and have power as a female when I am acknowledging the plug. See, I don't, in a sense... As a female uh, socket bride, go directly. Now, when I say socket bride, this is composed of male and female parts here. Right. Okay. Church. Talk about the body of Christ. I don't just directly go to the Father. I have direct access to the that to the Father, but I am going through the plug, my head, Jesus Christ. Right. Right. That must be acknowledged especially with the socket, the covering of the head is an acknowledgement to the angels that even if I'm talking talking directly to the Father or talking directly to God, I am, by covering my head, acknowledging my uh, headship. So are you saying that women should cover their heads when they pray in today's age? Well, I'll let people interpret that how they want. Um, and I will say this, I... As for me, you know, personally, um, I think everybody just needs to be led by the Lord. But I do want to say that I think that a lot of these churches um, that say, you know, we're by the Bible, we take the Bible literally, I want to just kind of point out a couple things. Well, I noticed that the women aren't covering their heads, so I'm not trying to make case they should. I'm trying to make a case that you're a hypocrite. The other hypocrisy I want to just say to, you know, these Bible-believing churches is I notice you still have your right hand in your eyeball. If you took the scripture literally, Jesus said, you know, better to cut off your hand or gouge out your eye, you know, you, it's very convenient, I think, for these very fundamentalist type churches, these rigorous churches to be selective and say, well, you know, that's just a culturalism. Okay, that's not a culturalism. That goes directly back to Adam and Eve. 
In my opinion, we all know Jesus is being facetious when he says, cut off your right hand or gouge out your eye. Um, He's making a point that you're going to come in mutilated unless you're under his headship, uh, if you think that you can cleanse yourself enough. But I just want to point out that even the most rigorous, legalistic, fundamentalist churches, you're hypocrites. Because technically, if you really want to go by the word of God— and not just dismiss it. Yes, uh, women should be covering their heads. The way I read that passage is your hair. Yeah, the last part, mm. which we didn't read. Yeah. If a woman's hair is long, is it her glory? For her hair is given to her for a covering. Get her. If mm. anyone is inclined to be contentious, we have no such practice, nor do the churches of God. That's right. Um, now, are women all wearing long hair? No. Um even with women long hair, are they aware of uh, that their head, that that right. hair? No, they're not. So I'm saying, and I put that on men for poor teaching. I'm not a legalist, so I'm, you know my faith is in Jesus Christ. So I'm not making a case that it should be, but I'm just saying the hypocrisy and the um, not judgmental rigidity, but, yeah. judgmental nature of the church. Um, we're all exposed, as far as I'm concerned. Now, staying with this theme, let's go over to John chapter 14, verse 23 through 31. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you will have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Here Jesus Christ is anticipating the gift of the indwelling Holy Spirit. We hear the headship dynamic that's going on here. Father is the head. Jesus is going back to the Father to give us this Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is referred here as He. There is no inconsistency with that because the way that Jesus is speaking, He's not giving some kind of like speech about what the Holy Spirit is. He's not looking at the wall socket and defining it separate from the Father here. He's speaking dynamically. He's talking about the interplay between the plug, the Father, and the socket, the Holy Spirit that's going to reside within us us as a, a receptive portal to the truth that comes from God. So this is God's Spirit, uh, just like Eve is Uh, Adam's body, just like the church is the body of Christ. Here, it would be appropriate to say he, because we're talking about oneness. The plug is in the socket. We're going to call 
that oneness, he. Just a question. Um, do you think Jesus has the Holy Spirit in him? Wow, it's such a great question. I've wondered that myself. It says, you know, the Holy Spirit led him out to the desert. Um, mm. But it says, and I believe it's in the book of Acts, that Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So I think that Jesus being the head is that he's that perfect dot. He's that perfect transition point. Okay. And what I mean by that perfect dot, okay, if, you know, I've used the imagery of an X before that at the, if you think of the letter X, the top two uh, lines would be the Father, plug, Holy Spirit, socket, Adam, plug on the bottom of the X, and then uh, Eve, socket. Jesus would be the dot in the middle of the X, okay? And he's everything here. When he, when he looks upward, he is the triune God, mm-hmm. okay? God, Son, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When he looks downward, he's our perfect high priest. You got Adam and Eve, and then you have that perfect, perfect high priest. He's the atonement lamb that uh, brings us back into God's holy presence. And we'll talk about God's holiness in the next podcast. He's the everything. We'll read this passage, Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 through 22, where he is, Jesus Christ is the center dot. But I also want to emphasize, because Adam fell, you could say Jesus slides down and takes Adam's place because Adam's now fallen. So Jesus Christ is the center dot, but he's also our great redeemer because he is the last Adam. You could think of that dot sliding down to take Adam's place and brings back the bride unblemished his body. So go, if you could read that Colossians. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven. So that was through verse 23. I mean, listener, you could read that meditating on him being the center dot of that X over and over and over again, I think just be spellbound. I mean, that passage right there just leaves me amazed. So here with this passage, we see God's love revealed, manifested through Jesus Christ, because we have let us make them in our image, male and female, the Father, God, and His Spirit, imaged by a plug in a socket, physically manifesting a a spiritual dynamic, Adam and Eve, Satan must now split that up, 
God saw fit to reveal Jesus Christ in a very, very special way where he is the head of the church, of the body. Um, He is the last Adam, which brings her back into wholeness. Now, that submission, back to our image-bearing quality, male and female, Submission to that head is for liberation, it's for freedom, freedom out of our temporal selves, freedom out of this temporal realm into eternal life. The real purpose of submission is for freedom. And that could be a podcast in itself. Oh, we will. And we're going to, you know, we're giving a lot of info here. These first seven are foundational Um podcasts where you can go back and reference. But yeah, in our future podcasts beyond these first foundational seven, they're going to be conversational. We could you know, spend so much time just talking about that alone. The purpose of submission is to bring the bride back and the purpose of it is for freedom. The curse for female is your desire will be for your husband, but he will be your master. Well, the plug is fallen Okay, she, the socket is fallen, but now the plug is fallen. Adam is fallen. So now there is a mastering that is happening here that she is going to have to submit to in fallenness. That's a temporal submission. That's a curse. That's not good. We must understand that when Jesus Christ, the last Adam, took the place of the first Adam, he's an unfallen plug. And because that unfallen plug paid the penalty on our behalf, which is death, because we are blemished plugs now, male and female, he's unblemished. Well, guess what that does? Since the head is unblemished, the socket is now unblemished. Hmm. Okay, because we are his body. So we go down in death, but we are raised up in life. Submitting to the unblemished plug liberates us from our death. Okay, when we endure and submit here to authorities, and we're about to read that in the temporal realm, it's for a different purpose. The purpose of that is that Jesus submitted himself for a time in the temporal to the authorities. And when we submit to mastering authority here, it is really as unto the Lord. So the purpose of submission is in the temporal realm is different than submission to the eternal head. And just to highlight that, and then we'll finish up. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 through 33. Here, I want you to think plug, socket, and submission in the temporal realm, but it points to submission to the eternal realm. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. 
because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So, men, plug, you should be holding yourself to the standard of the unblemished plug, Jesus Christ. And then the female there in the wife role, socket, is really not submitting to you. She is in the temporal sense, but she's really doing it unto the Lord. If she's a true bride, what she's doing is saying, you know, regardless of whether or not you are like the unblemished plug husband, I'm still going to do this for Jesus Christ, the unblemished plug. In a way, Mm -hmm. I see him more than I see you. That's the idea of it. And the reason for that is because Jesus submitted to authority while he was here for a purpose. Okay, so it really is as unto the Lord. Children, Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Father, you are to be bringing them up. They, male, female children, are in a socket position, so to speak, dynamically, like a body of Christ. And you are supposed to be bringing them up the way the father would be bringing up his children. So there is a charge. Now, is Paul so naive to think that these men are really going to be husbands like Jesus Christ is? Like uh, men are really going to be fathers like the Father of God is? No. But that does not allow you in the socket position to say, well, then I don't need to submit to this. You're doing it as if unto the Lord. It's a tough one. This one, last one gets even tougher, in my opinion. Ephesians 6, 5 through 9. Here we're talking about slaves to masters. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord. Whether he is a bond servant or is free. Masters do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and is yours is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. Wow. Now, I'm quite convinced that we're not going to have master-slave in heaven. I am quite convinced that we're not going to have marriage in the possessive sense of what marriage is in heaven. In fact, Jesus makes it clear there is no giving and being given in marriage, the way he's saying it matters. He's saying that sort of possession view of marriage that's been throughout human history is not going to be there. That doesn't necessarily mean there won't be male and female in heaven, but it's not going to be a possessive type thing. Like there's not going to be slavery. Well, nonetheless, if you're in the socket position, as unto the Lord, you remain faithful to the submission as unto Jesus. Jesus had to submit to authority here, but we are slaves to Jesus Christ. We are the bride of Jesus Christ. We are children of 
God. And let me tell you, people, submission to your eternal father, submission to your eternal husband, submission to your eternal master is liberation of yourself, is liberation of your temporal self, is liberation of temporal roles. That takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of understanding because these temporal things won't be in that form in heaven. Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast to be insightful, please subscribe to our show and share with someone who would enjoy listening. And we look forward to meeting here with you again soon.